Okay. Well, uh, fellas, welcome back. Fellas, fellas, fellas. I haven't done that in a while. Welcome back. We are uh, sitting down with Greg Brown, the newly, highly esteemed hitting coach of Chicago. There he is. How does it feel? Dude, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's been a dream come true. And uh, to do it in the city, it's, it's amazing. I feel blessed. And, uh, you know, just uh, I think that the surreal moments are, are like still there. Like, in, and I think that opening day will probably be when I have that mm-hmm. you know, aha moment. You know? Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. No, well, I mean, congrats for you. I know I've said it a couple of times, but, you know, you know, we're talking about it, so I'll hit it again. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. You know, definitely uh, uh, for a long time, you know, we built a relationship over the last couple of years, and, you know, uh, it was even cool to get you on the docuseries and hear more about, you know, just like your upbringing and some of those things as well. Um, but, no, yeah, I'm just interested, too, like, as well, I mean, um, what was that process, just the emotion side, right, like, of, you know, you're getting that phone call. Right, and you guys are talking, you know, or, or whatever that process was like. Why don't you kind of take me through just the emotions that what that felt like? Yeah, so um, I was I was fortunate enough to have a lot of teams interested in me at the same time, and um, during that process, I got to interview with multiple teams and uh, learn a lot about different organizations, how they think, and what they value. And so, <clears throat> to get the opportunity uh, to even be offered a job, you know, like at the major league level. Uh, that was a that was very emotional, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, very humbling. And um, but I still was talking to other teams at that time, right? So so during that, it gave me an opportunity to uh, continue to explore and say, hey, what's what's the right fit for me? Uh, the truth about the Cubs is that uh, they offered they offered to me uh, early in the morning when I was about to get on a flight to go somewhere else you know oh, and so okay yeah so interesting yeah so that was and i and, You're like and, i got this in my back pocket yeah <laughs> i mean i mean that is kind of like the way it all yeah. plays out right yeah but the 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 truth was is that um you wanted to like give everybody the, the respect of, of the interview process of like, if they're mm. interested in you and you had no interest, you're better off backing out, you know, yeah. like then, then actually going forward and wasting people's time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, cause they got to hire somebody. They're they, obviously looking. They right? do. And, yeah. and, and, and you don't want to, it's not about leverage or using it. It's like, what's the best fit for me and my family. And yeah. that, that was how I tried to approach it. But the fact that I had that opportunity coming was, um, you know, or like in hand, if you will. And it was like, okay, uh, what else are you looking for? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a historic team with a, a a manager who I connected with really well, front office that was outstanding throughout the process. And um, so, you know, tw- about 24 hours later, uh, I uh, was about to get on a plane, and I uh, I just called him and I said, you know, it's early in the morning on the West Coast, and I, I called him and I said, uh, you know, I'm gonna be a Cub, you know, and. Mm-hmm. and and uh, everybody was just like, yeah, let's go, you know, like mm-hmm. it was like fired up. Yeah. And then the, the surreal moments for like, like, the, the, like where it like became a reality for me yeah. um, was I was on the plane and I had a long flight, uh, West Coast, East Coast. And I was texting the people that, you know, mattered to me, you know, the people mm-hmm. that like helped me get here, you know. Yeah. And because it felt more like it was a we thing than it was a me thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, my mom and like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, like and I get emotional <laughs> even thinking about that, you know. And, yeah. and so yeah. the journey is what like I probably reflected and, be, and I thought mm-hmm. it was actually really cool that I had that like five hour flight to yeah. like actually like sit there and yeah. contemplate. Yeah. Um, you know, not be distracted by anything and just like I'm going to sit in this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, a lot of tears and a lot of uh, just a lot of emotions, you know, mm-hmm. like and and um, and so, uh, yeah, when I landed, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be with my family. Um, when I accepted, you know, yeah. that was kind of like a yeah. thing that I had in mind, but it ended up working out better, you know, yeah. like, and so then I got to be with them and, uh, yeah. you know, just, just, cool. just kind of embrace and 
yeah. enjoy it. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What um, um, did you think? I'm, I'm, I'm interested here. Did you think, like, let's say if I took you back, let's say we went back like six or seven years, right? Um, I initially, when I was introduced to you, was like catching, like heavy catching, right? And like, we all, you know, we started talking about some catching things and we, we discussed those things over the, over the years. And I mean, we obviously talked about hitting as well, right? But uh, I'm interested, did you think like, if you would have thought like, okay, if I'm going to be in the big league, you know, big leagues here in six years, seven years, whatever that was going to look like, would you thought for sure it was hitting or would you thought for sure it was catching or what, what, what would you have picked at that time? Man, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I, I probably haven't thought about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think at that time, I yeah. would have said catching for sure. Mm. Not that um, hitting wasn't at the forefront of what we did. Yeah. I just don't discuss hitting with people. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. like especially in, um, you know, an open forum and mm -hmm. like, like uh, in public. Like, yeah. I, I love having collaboration with, you know, yeah. guys like yourself. But, yeah. But not, I just, I, and I always felt like with catching, nobody knew enough. They didn't yeah, low they, enough. It was like, so people don't fight yeah, you. Yeah, just like, it's like base running or infield. It's like kind of a cool little niche, you know, like you slide in there and it's like, it's not so argumentative. It yeah. really is. And, yeah. and so, you know, and I, I, I just, I think like my heart has always been like, you know, in that catching realm, I just yeah. love the position so much. And, yeah. and uh, it's what I excelled at yeah. as a player. And, and let's, let's not undersell this. Like your guys banged. So let's <laughs> let's not let's not let's not. I don't want to make this sound like this undersell. Like your guys banged, so yeah. let's not miss that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. I think you know it's something that I'm probably yeah. more proud of. Like, yeah. like obviously the hitting thing was a culture, and I had amazing, yeah. I had yeah. amazing assistant coaches that yeah. that, that worked under Clippy me. Too. Developed. Sorry, sorry, I had to give yeah. a shout. Oh no, quick. I said amazing ones, not Clippy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's my dude, man. That guy's, that guy's a phenomenal recruiter. But yeah. I've had phenomenal recruiters, but I've yeah. also had phenomenal coaches and. Yeah. Uh, you know, just sitting out here, you know, Ricky Santiago of Lander University is here, and he's mm -hmm. one of the guys that, um, you know, uh, as a volunteer worked with us. And yeah. um, uh, it's just I'm really proud of, of what we developed there. But when I look back at probably my proudest, like, like individual achievements of that whole run mm -hmm. was we had back-to-back gold glove winners behind the plate wow and both of them were considered offensive players not mm -hmm. defensive players wow and they in their development plan one was a three-year guy who developed and ended up being a seventh round pick in jake and chia and then mm -hmm. the following year uh we had a transfer named garrett wolferth whose father's ron mm -hmm. wolferth Texas yeah, baseball that makes ranch. Sense. and garrett uh oh you said you just got married right just Didn't got married yeah. i got to go out to the yeah. wedding uh just uh just a great again when a player yeah. if a player invites you to a wedding man I, cool. I i if i don't have a conflict man i'm trying to be there yeah, no matter cool. what and uh yeah I got, I got that weird range. I got younger guys that aren't there yet, and then the older guys that have been married for a while. Like, I, I haven't hit, I haven't hit the, the, you know, the whole bunch of guys getting married. You're yet. right, but I'm, when, I'm it, like, when you hit it, though, yeah. it's like a flurry. It's like, just like it's all wedding of them. Just, just yeah. all, just just you're going to tag it like wedding crashers, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, just, we're showing up. I'm just wearing the same tux. I'm, just coming, I'm coming in. Exactly. And, and so, and then Garrett um, transferred in, and Garrett had a lot of limitations, to be honest with you. And a lot of it actually was in like a mobility standpoint. Yeah. So he, had, he presented new challenges that Jake didn't have, um, that that allowed me to really focus on getting his body um, better postured and in a better position, and like like work on the hip limitation of mobility. Yeah. And then that led to him being a much better receiver. And mm. so, uh, in the end, um, yeah. you know, he's an elite. He's an elite athlete, and. Yeah. Um, it was really cool that in a one year's time he became yeah. a Gold Glove winner too. Yeah, I'm interested there too because because one of the things I've uh, I've talked about a little bit as well is like one of my theories on why catchers tend to struggle hitting um, is because of the mobility required for catching and like the positions that they sit in as well. And then so what I, I always say was that it's like they have all this range of motion but they don't control it really well typically, right? It's like yet they're and then also too, you have a lot of these guys that are the catchers, like they're doing all this yoga and now they're trying to give them more range of motion, right? That they can't control. So I'm interested on that side. Like you did have some catchers that could hit 
you know, quite a bit. You know, what was that process like for you? Did you ever uh, see that, like anything with that, with like your catchers getting them in the head or, you know, what did you feel with that? Yeah, so that's a, that's, that's a really good perspective. And I don't think I've ever heard it voiced that way, but in looking at it, like Jake and Garrett were probably the two dudes that banged the most, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, just pure power, like they yeah. had power and ball mm -hmm. jumped off the bat. And um, I would say that uh, Jake was hyper mobile, like mm -hmm. hyper hip. Mm -hmm. he, he falls into that category. Got it. So with him, a lot of his stuff was like bracing and like trying to stop yeah, him, you stability. know? Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. And with Garrett, a lot of his stuff was, yeah. um, you know, the limitations. But here's the interesting yeah. thing about Garrett, he's a switch hitter. So now mm. you have even a whole other set of problems that yeah, are presented with him um, yeah. in his mobility yeah. patterns. Yeah. And so um, Garrett, Garrett was more of like, he needed um, better control, I thought, from his middle. Like, yeah. you know, and, and again, it, I think they're all relatively the same, but yeah. like, um, yeah. I think that he was so strong that a lot of his stuff that he could get away with was if we could just keep him on the ball like through the big part of the field yeah like it like rather than try to rotate and because he wasn't mm -hmm. because he wasn't rotating properly like yeah. you know so i think that like i probably focused more on um those type like like kind of like creating a linear line like yeah. to the pitcher like yeah. like with garrett yeah because like the, the stay sideways as long as possible kind of feel exactly yeah. and, mm -hmm. and he and he he had juice to leave the other way so yeah i mean he could flick the ball out of the yard yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. uh and i think that i think that especially um, too and correct me if i'm wrong you got uh your feels a little bit of a bang box huh yeah it, yeah it, so the ball you, flew. yeah the ball flew a little bit so you you guys could also too like with that uh like you're saying is like um, I, 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 like, I always say this, like people say that with like, uh, ASU, I've been helping them out with like softball for a couple of years now. Right? right. And they're like, Oh, and all of a sudden, uh, they started hitting all these home runs. Right. And uh, over the last couple of years, they started to bang a little bit and they're like, Oh, well, you know, it's Arizona. And I'm like, well, you play there too. Sure. And when, when, when you guys are playing against each other, yeah. like, you know, like when you play in Yankee stadium, like you're both playing in Yankee stadium, when you play in Fenway, like you're both playing in Fenway. Right. Like, so when you guys are competing head to head, like I could see it if you're just trying to compare schedules, but like, you know, like when you're playing head to head and they beat you two out of three it's like you know i mean you know, you're, you're right on, you're on the same game you know right like, and, so. and, and i think that like one of the philosophies that um people probably misunderstand like in mm. in the development of of team offense and stuff mm. is it's not about the home run the home run's a result like yeah. that, that we get yeah uh and, and obviously the ball fa sure. factors can help that right yeah they, we, i've seen a lot of days where it hurt us too right for you sure, know like getting the ball sure. in the air and so yeah to me i tr i really try to create that concept of like yeah. of driving doubles through the yeah. big part of the field yeah um and, and you made a great i don't, don't want to run past no, it you made, you made a great point there is like because that's another thing right people don't think about all right well out of our yard we can get away with this mm -hmm. right it's like hitting off of a tee right i can get away with this but then you go play at other people's yards that aren't a bang box and if you don't teach your hitters to be able to compete at you know in both yards and like oh we, we only win it now my win percentage at home is you know again like that's where i'm getting all of my wins and on the road we were terrible right and exactly. so and when you when we have to go it again like what you guys did is like competing for a national championship like you're not going to be at the yard right so it's like you got to as you guys go through these different stages of playoffs and those things and um i'm sure you guys did you guys ever get to host i don't know how that went we actually never hosted a regional no oh okay see so that's another thing right you never when you guys go into that, those late playoffs and stuff like you don't get the host either so it's like you're yeah. playing in a different yard and the world series was played at uh Cary, north carolina where mm. That that's a big field, and the ball mm. does not go. We actually yeah. hit, uh, um, I think we hit half of the tournament's home runs in the tournament that we were in. Gotcha. And again, it was like yeah. one of those things, like where people are like, you know, you got to play small ball, you got to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not changing the identity that we have. Yeah. And and I yeah. think that and our that's guys hard on, it. on that. That's that's hard on a hitter. Like all of a sudden, it's like, hold on, you know, like we're gonna completely change like who we are as a team and try to do things like we haven't done all year, yeah. and then hope hope that we execute, you know, on this, on something we haven't practiced. You know, and I say that, and now yeah. I just had a memory of uh, in uh, game one of the championship series, uh -huh. 
uh, we were facing a really good arm, a uh, really good arm out of Millersville. I mean, they had they had big time arms. They got a uh-huh. great coaching staff and John Sheehan and like, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, it was actually a bunt play that got muffed by them, thrown away. Really? And that that actually won. The guy was cruising and, and, and it was it was a uh, it's baseball, it was a man. bunt for base hit. Hey, yeah, yeah, it was a push bunt. And, yeah. uh, and and you know, it's just one of those things. Like when you're when you're um, in the heat of winning a game, it comes yeah. back into offense and like for sure. what you need to do. And like, it's like, like I talk about like from a football perspective, because I love football and I love mm-hmm. the concept of football and I love the coaching schematics of football. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a reason that you run three yard dives, you know, like, mm-hmm. like there's a reason you're doing that. And yeah. as a hitter, sometimes we need to run a three yard dive, right? Like yeah. we can't try to go over the top all the time. Yeah. And I think that that perspective of an yeah. offense is in mm-hmm. and, and if you can identify that earlier yeah. and you, you really, um, you educate the player into into uh, just like almost like the expected outcomes. Yeah. Like I, I can't control the outcomes because yeah. guys will make a catch and play. Again, I, sure. I could hit best ball I hit all year might ca- yeah. get caught up in a win and balloon, you know. Yeah. And and yeah. so and so that's something that I think if you value the right things of like like good like hey that's a good out like hey yeah. good swing your quality you know, AB good, thing back well, in the day yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's like but like it, I never really standard. I never really used quality at bats at, at Nova but yeah. I, what I used was like good miss. And I'd say, mm-hmm. I'd say, hey, man, that's a good miss. Like, and, mm-hmm. and I always thought that had more of an effect on, like, the hitter of, like, saying, yeah. like, because they're going to beat themselves up because they got yeah. out. And, yeah. and I always thought that, like, the good miss led to the next hit mm-hmm. or the next bang. Yeah. And, and um, too often, like, the corrections are overcorrections and, like, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to catch a ball now way further out front than we did. And now we're successful to the breaking ball. You yeah, know, I mean, just exactly. just simple. Like, yeah. to me, it's like you're good, man. Like and you, yeah. you have a good relative sense of timing and being yeah. on time. So let's like try yeah. to keep it in that. I think I think, yeah, I think that was a great point. I, I for example, like when guys are changing like patterns and how they're moving a lot of times, too, like you get some more uh, swing and miss. And I'm like, guy, guy, a guy will swing and miss. And I'm like, hey, like and he's like really upset with himself. And I'm like, hey, like, why? Because you swung and missed or because it was a bad swing. Right. Right. And then you start having those things like, hey, like as you're changing these things, like you're changing your timing mechanisms, right? You're changing your spacing, you're changing your direction. Like, okay, like, you know, I, I need you to understand, like, what were you trying to execute there? Was I trying to hit a jack 450 feet or was I trying to do this other movement? And okay, well, if I was trying to change this movement, well, did I achieve that goal? Right. Because you're, if you're only paying attention to what the ball did, it's like, you know, again, you might not even know. And I think that that's a perfect example of like, you know, we talk about like a guy like JD, right? Where, you know, um, where he'll take like five swings or like anytime he's hitting, he wants video, right? And then he wants to go back and he he looks at that video and he's like, did I actually change what I was trying to change or did it not change? Do I need to think something else? And again, it not being so much, you know, like with that thought process of like, okay, I have to hit, you know, X, Y, and Z for that to be good. Like I'm, I'm focused on something and my goal is more internal when I'm doing something in that fashion too. Yeah. And I think that the misconception... (laughs) Is that everybody can do what like JD does from no. a, from a yeah, from yeah. an interpretation standpoint? Yeah, for sure. So like like when JD and I are watching video in the mm-hmm. past, and if we're sitting there, I gotta figure out what he's looking at, man, mm-hmm. because that dude is on such a different level when it comes to his understanding and mm-hmm. like the little intricacies that he's seen. Yeah, I might be seeing like you know maybe I'm seeing an intricacy compared to somebody else, yeah. but really he's like I'm probably macro compared to what he's focused on and thinking of. Yeah, and so like you got to be on point like in your in your understanding of what the player understands. Yeah. and so like there's a lot of players. I mean, coming from the Rays, like when I was coordinating, mm-hmm. we'd show video to them and yeah. try to ask them. Like I just heard Rob Cooper talking about this in in. Um, his speech on the big stage just now talking about like get the player feedback before you start coaching them right you know like mm. in like you know in in what do we, what do they know well, let's understand what they know yeah. and so then you look at their interpretation of the swing and you're yeah. like man okay 
all right, yeah. how am I going to get him yeah. to improve this, yeah. but do it on a level that he understands? Yeah. And so, and so, I think that that's something that like video can corrupt, yeah. but it also can be a great tool, great just tool. depending on their. I use it. Yeah, well, they're just, mm. they're they're. Um, their ability to adapt what they learn, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's something that's really, really difficult in the yeah. learning process. And you, and For sure. you know, you guys do great work, like with skill mm-hmm. development, acquisition, mm-hmm. all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But even still, even mm-hmm. with the best information in the world, we understand that not everybody learns that same way. For sure, and we have to try to yep. try to find their. Sh- and, and it's not to say that the guy who's a novice in understanding video yeah. can't become an expert. Yeah, it's just how much like the hours that JD has put in yeah. into his learning for sure is far exceeds well, anybody. And I, I was literally going to give the example of like coaches walking up to the booth right right now as we're talking. Right, like there's so many guys that are coming up. It's like okay, well they have zero understanding of ground force. They have zero understanding of skill acquisition, or they have no background in anatomy. They have no but like but they. Like, so then uh, Casey Smith gave this example when we were at K25 the other day, I thought it was really good, is like, what he said was, I'm going to, um, you know, talk, I'm going to talk to my hitter, right? And this is something where like, I already did it, but like, it's like putting data behind it, right? Like, yeah. I did it, but like, he made it so digestible and I, I loved it. Like, it's like, you know, like, you're building that rapport with an athlete, right? And you listen to how he talks about his swing, right? And what's important to him. Right. And he's like, you know, if that's like, you know, for me, it's really important to stay inside the ball. It's really important for me to have balance. It's really important, you know, whatever that is for that guy. Right. And so what he says is like, okay, so I understand. I start to figure out what, uh, how he talks and how he thinks about his swing. And then I take his language and I apply my information to his language. So he's like, let's say he was speaking Chinese. Like I would speak Chinese to him, but apply, you know, my information to his language. And like with that is like, again, not that I need to tell him everything I know, right? But what he, I need to speak it to a way that he can digest it and actually apply it, right? And actually, um, where again, like with a lot of these coaches here, we might say, hey, like, you know, you know, when you talk about balance or you talk about weight distribution or you talk about, you know, we use words and things that they're familiar with. And we come to uh, uh, John Maxwell's line that I always steal from him is like, we first need to come to level ground before we can go to higher ground, mm. right? And I need, to, I need to meet you where you are first. And then, like you said, we might be able to go to higher ground and you know, everybody's capacity might be different or how they, you know, have to think about hitting. But I think that's a great, you know, he did a great, when Casey had brought that up, um, I thought that was a great kind of analogy. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to speak to him in his language and apply my information. Yeah, and I think there's another opportunity there is like um, educating the coach that they already know this thing. Mm. They know it. Mm. They just haven't learned it the same way. Yeah. And so, uh, like you're saying, speaking on their terms and, and, and or player, you know, I mean, like under, mm. understanding um, what mm. they know. Yeah, no, that was a great nugget. I literally just like internalized that. I was like digested. I'm like, I'm like, to speak to them, like you already know this. Here's, you know, but here's another way that we can get you there. Or you, you know, again, like you know, like you ever felt like this or you felt like that. Like some of those things, I can, yeah. Well, I think the human condition is set there. When you tell me something that's contradictory to what I believe in, yeah, okay, I'm immediately gonna put up that defense. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna block. Like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. You mean you're telling me not to stay inside the ball? I've been yeah. taught that my whole life. Exactly. Okay, so like now, I, so I had that, a player that blew up on me one time for that. Was like, I, I was trying to give him the feel of like casting or something like that to get like, cause he was like burying his hands like you know like again pushing his knob completely forward and so like you know giving the opposite feel of like you know like hit the catcher in the top of the head or like these are things like you want me to cast and i'm like well it's gonna feel like that but i you know we'll watch a video like i promise you you're not gonna do that but it's like that was a big thing for him he's been told that his entire life to stay inside the ball where like he actually started driving his knob and it became an issue mm-hmm. uh, for him yeah but anyways proceed yeah so that's that's a core value that's a core mm-hmm. like that's like you know in their it's in their ten Corner commandments yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah and yeah. so and so now 
you want to just grow it, not change it. Yeah. Like grow that thought, don't mm -hmm. change it. And that's, mm -hmm. I, again, I think that's like where a lot of the miscommunication comes in is mm -hmm. that if you try to change me, I'm pretty entrenched in where I am, right? Mm -hmm. But you try to grow me, that means like you're adding value to me, yeah, like in your, there's exponential growth. Yeah, like that. Uh, that's, that's to me how you, I think you, I, you're not gonna reach everybody, but yeah. I think that you can reach more, more uh, by doing for sure. that. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. No, I really like that. So that, um, you know, kind of with that as well, um, when you have these, when you have these guys, I know. I mean, obviously, uh, the Rays like organization just as a whole within within the player development has, was, has been renowned in the last couple of years as well. And then you know that th this typically happens in pro ball, right? Where like some organization kind of gets you know really renowned as like Astros, right? The, the years before that, and it was like they all got picked, and everybody you know went to different teams, and then the Rays blew up, and then a lot of guys got you know got picked and pulled different uh, different ways as well. Um, I'm interested as well of uh, what do you feel like that transition is going to be like from you know, going from like a hitting coordinator role to, you know, a big league hitting coach, I think there's, uh, you know, I'm interested in your perspective. Do you feel like it's gonna be the same? Some differences there? What do you, what do you feel like that's gonna feel like? I think it's a lot different. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you're dealing with the uh, different responsibilities. You know, mm -hmm. as a coordinator, your job, your true job as a coordinator is to coach your coaches. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're being evaluated as a coordinator, uh, at least this is the way it was in our system, mm -hmm. was that you're going to be evaluated on are our coaches getting better? The coaches are getting better, uh, are getting evaluated on, are the players getting better, right? Yeah. And so now I'm in a coaching role um, at the major league level. Um, but what's what's also um, an opportunity is that we have a team, of, a hitting team within the big league team. So it's like mm. a team of teams concept. Yeah. And so now um, when you take that concept, you have the opportunity um, to leverage people's strengths, leverage learning, um, also create player development plans like for major league players mm -hmm. but then really get into the roll up your sleeves and yeah. help the player yeah. in the cage and yeah that's what i you know obviously uh, i love being a coach like yeah. I, I love that yeah and i learned to really love being a coordinator you yeah. know um, i think one of the unique challenges of, of the last two years uh, my tenure as a coordinator was mm. a lot of times because of covid rules we were short-staffed and, mm. and so i uh, Dan uh, Dement, who's now in the big leagues with the Rays, and myself, we had to actually put on the coaching hat quite mm -hmm. a bit. Um, and so I think that, like, you know, it scratches you where you itch a lot. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. at the end of the day, we probably had more limited opportunities yeah. to affect the coaches dirt, like, the first 18 months of my tenure. Yeah, that and makes sense. We did it remotely, and we did a lot of education, and that was a really yeah. powerful part of, I think, uh, the success that our organization had. Yeah. Um, and I think we were very proactive in that and developing, mm -hmm. especially it was a great opportunity because it was a new hitting leadership. It was a new vision. We were starting a little bit from the ground up. So I think that during that time, like probably that first year, the 2020 year, uh, we, we probably, we probably like fast forward like three years in like the development of our coaches. Mm -hmm. Uh, the players didn't necessarily get that, um, hands-on effect, you know, but we were doing things remotely, uh, which was powerful. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's big. Yeah, no, and also too, I mean, um, actually, before I ask this next question, let me make sure these cameras are good. One sec. Okay. Cool. Um, so my my other thing that I was also going to bring up as well is that the cool thing is you're also entering it with uh, a, a coach. You know, your assistant coach is pretty good, right? You got you got you got an opportunity there, right? With with. Uh, Jay Washington. Yeah, exactly. And so, like coming in, coming in with him, um, who has some tenure again, has, has been in that role before, and having him as a resource, I think is a pretty cool opportunity. Also, too, he's worked with some guys and been around some of the same, you know, like hitting philosophy. Where you guys kind of rotate in some of the same circles. Um, you know, kind of open that up. You know, about that opportunity too. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things that they had asked me when um, I was hired was like, like what, or in the hire process was, yeah. what was my vision for what the hitting team would look like? And mm -hmm. I thought one of the really important things was I wanted somebody with experience in the big leagues next yeah. to me because yeah. I don't know what I don't know. And, and like, sure. you know, I, could, I can imagine it and I can create all these scenarios where, yeah. um, you know, I'm going to be successful because of this. And, and yeah. I think I really learned that when I was at Nova. It was mm. my first year I knew everything. And then my like <laughs> second year I was like, dang, I don't know anything. Dang, you know, like it, and you kind of hit that reset button. Yeah. So, so like having somebody like Jay Wash, who's really, really got great demeanor and like calm and he's a straight shooter. Uh, he's been a great sounding board for me already. Uh, mm -hmm. He's given me um, awesome advice. He's great. Yeah. I think he's going to create yeah. great added value with the players. Yeah. So he's a, he's a great uh, sandbagger. He'll just <laughs> he, he'll play you. He like he, I met him at a, a winter meetings a couple of years back, and who he was asking, he'd ask me questions, and he like it would be simple things, you know, like something that you would normally run right past, right? You're like, you know, um, yeah, because it helps him provide, you know, create space for him. And he's like, what do, well, what, what do you mean by space? Right. Like, show me what space, yeah. what, it, what, where, where, like, where, show me in the body. Like, you know, like it's like, normally it's like somebody else, you just run right past it and go, they go space. Yes, I agree. Space, yes. you know, but it's like, no, no, no. He wants to know, like, again, specifically. And I do that with players, right? When he says, oh, like, uh, I'm trying to stay inside the ball. Well, what does, what does that mean to you? Show me what staying inside the ball means to you. Right. And guys, you'll be amazed. Like, you know, again, like, you know, like how many guys, like, it's like, oh, well, it's very important for me. Um, you know, I need to get into my front foot. And it's like, well, well what does that mean to you? Sure. Right. Like, tell me what that means to you. Why is that so important? And I actually uh, shared this with, um, I shared this with, uh, I think it was Bobby yesterday, um, where we were talking and I was like, for one thing that I know is like for, uh, I always listen to guys and what they say is important. And I kind of try to listen and why I'm watching their swing, trying to understand why it's so important to them. So like when I, like we introduced, we had a guy out there at uh, K25 and he said, he was a minor leaguer and he said, it's super important to me. Um, it's super important to me uh, where uh, I don't cut, I don't slice and I want to backspin balls. And I said, okay. But also, too, why did you specifically say that you don't want to cut and you don't want to slice? A lot of guys, that's just like a given. Like, of course, I don't want to cut it. I don't want to slice it. Well, that's because you probably cut it and slice it a lot. Like, that's part of, part of how you're moving, that you're creating that a lot. And so one other thing I, I uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll think about with guys is like when a guy's like, you know, timing. Dude, timing's everything to me. Timing, 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 timing. And he goes on and on about timing. And I'm like, well, he's probably a guy that's in the zone for a very short period of time. So he has to be on time. And when he's not, he's in real trouble, right? And so then, you know, again, obviously you match that with like how he's moving and you're like, you're like either was I correct or like, you know, listen to how he talks about it, what that actually means to him, like the whole thing. But I was like, I listen to what's important to them. And sometimes again, it could point towards a deficiency that they might have because that is a thing, you know, like for example, like um, I, for me, when I was thinking about like with like Bonds, right? Bonds always talking about his front foot and his top hand. Well, he was a guy that got like stuck on his back leg and would lose his barrel sometimes. So to him, it was like, if I get if that, that's when he got bad. It's like, so he had to think about getting into his front leg and then thinking with his top hand so he didn't lose his barrel, right? And so for a lot of hitters, he wants to go and give that to like everybody, but that's not always, you know, the best cue for, you know, everybody's obviously conditioned and what they're at. But it's like, it's an interesting thing when you ask guys like, you know, what's important to them, you know, yeah. what their things are. Yeah, and I think that's like, so, like it's, it behooves us to understand how they were coached before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, because so many of us want to just like imprint like right yeah. away and you have such yeah. a short time and you want to impress sure. them. Yeah. And I think that listening, man, like in that first tenure, like with the yeah. player. Yeah. How much can you listen? How yeah. much how much space can you create of listening time? Or are you in a condensed environment that, you know, again, you got to you got to prove your worth by, you know, injecting yeah. your opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that like uh, in talking to a lot of like different hitting coaches, different levels, you know, and, and I feel like the common theme amongst like 
the guys that I think are effective mm. is they're founded in what they know. They don't over press those things like like you try to like make that impression within that player group mm. and they um, their comprehension level and this is where I think you're you're outstanding at is their comprehension level can be at such a high level and then they can learn the language that they speak and I think mm. one of the things that you know, I want to pull on that you talked about earlier was you know like somebody was speaking a different language okay mm. one of the challenges is our job is to be a great translator okay mm. but if i only have 50 percent competency of yeah. the language and mm. command of the language mm. i'm going to pick up key this is me lear learning spanish you know yeah. i pick up keywords and i can get context clues and i go yeah. okay that's what that's what he's saying right mm. and then i'm able to go like you know uh, you know uh, you know like like little one word body parts like umbro for shoulder you know like mm. and like and then and yeah. then and then we get some level but yeah. if I have somebody that's fluent, and, and, and we, had a, we had a hitting coach uh, named Brady North, who's now in the big leagues, and Brady mm -hmm. North, he learned the language, man. He took the time and dedicated himself, um, you know, a, a Tampa kid, you know, American roots, and he went and learned uh, the language at such a high level that this year he was down in the Dominican, like coaching uh, Albert Pujols. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah, like amazing, sure. right, Escajito. And his ability to communicate to the Latin players was incredible for somebody who was – uh, it was a second language to him that he learned mm -hmm. in his 20s. Yeah. And and so to me, that's like um, the proficiency we want to be able to have on understanding mm -hmm. and then be able to command the language in a way yeah. that affects the player in a, such a positive way. Because if yeah. we only get 50% of the messaging to yeah. them and then his interpretation is only 50% of that, so yeah. now we're really like missing. And what if yeah. the other 50% that I didn't understand like from a language standpoint was actually the really important stuff? Yeah, yeah. And last question I have for you. Um, the last question is, is obviously as a big league hitting coach, one thing that's also, I mean, you've had to deal with this at, uh, as being a, a minor league uh, hitting coordinator, uh, coordinator as well, is that a lot of these uh, pro guys, like they have their own hitting coaches, right? And then they come in, right? And they're hitting with you as, as well, right? And you're coming in, and you're trying to get that guy to produce. How is that process like with you? How have you dealt with that? And what advice would you give for, because I think that also applies for a college guy that like their college players all have hitting coaches and they're in the off season or during the summer and then they come back, right? So what does that look like, you know, for you and how do you kind of handle those, uh, those type of things? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that one of the things you want to do is identify who they're working with mm. um, and get them to talk to you about what they're working on. And then, yeah. and then I think if they're comfortable, you can go to those coaches mm. and try to get their level of understanding of that player and how he moves and what, what's work. What you, cause, cause I think the power of collaborating is that you're able to skip a lot of like the, those landmines that you're going to fall on like yeah. with players or, or yeah. you know, with staff or you, you skip those steps because yeah. you're leveraging the learning. Mm -hmm. And so, I think that um, my process, and this is a really challenge because we're in a lockup, mm -hmm. right? Like, so um, there's a lot of reasons why I can't reach out to anybody right now, you yeah. know? And, and so, um, but I think that when we get into that environment again, uh, I think that you need to like embrace that they're part of the process. Yeah. And if they're adding value, let's leverage that as well. Um, yeah. Again, going back into the wedge that you could drive in somebody, if you tell mm -hmm. somebody, you know, uh, uh, to not, hit the inside part of the ball mm. right like they're there and that's what he believed that's a deficiency well if this yeah. person believes in this person that there is developing it might have been their high school coach it might have been their dad you know like yeah. but they believe in them right yeah. and, and that messaging is really important yeah. i think that embracing them it, it, and, and 
I think it's a two-way street also because mm -hmm. I think that um, uh, the private sector can can drive a wedge also. Yeah. Oh, they sure. don't know. They, you know. So I think it, I think I think the more that you can create a level of understanding, the better. And so if you meet the player where he is, uh, you know, ideal situation, you're going to go see them in their training environment and uh, just sit back and be a fly on the wall. You don't need to be the one in the cage. Mm. Let them work. Yeah. You know, and I saw. Uh, Tim and Pete do that with Boston, you know, yeah. with some of their players. And, and I think that's just a really powerful way uh, to understand where the player is in his off-season training. Mm. And then when he gets to spring training, you have a point of reference that over the last four months, you didn't have zero touches. Yeah, no, that makes sense. No, but uh, yeah, man, you crushed it. I mean, we, we're, we're going to have many more conversations, but I appreciate you jumping on and, you know, sneaking over here during the middle of all of it and got to talk to you before things get crazy in, in season. So yeah, my pleasure. Appreciate you jumping on, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Keep up the great work. Thanks,